Hello, and welcome to the Radio Check Podcast, life in the concert touring industry, where we'll be speaking with and interviewing the best talent in the business, taking not only a deep dive into what it takes to put on a world-class show, but also life on the road and sharing experiences that span the globe, highlighting the people that are responsible for making your favorite artists look and sound great. My name is Matt Kanzi, and your host on this podcast is Chris Kanzi, a 40-year veteran in the live music touring industry. Over the years, Chris has traveled the globe several times over and has escalated through the ranks, bringing him to the top of his profession. He has established hundreds, if not thousands, of connections with other industry professionals, artists, and musicians. This podcast is your backstage pass to what happens behind the scenes and on the road when traveling and working with some of the world's top musicians. So sit back and enjoy. Um, hey, man. How are you? Hey, what's happening? How are you? <laughs> Too much, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Again, much like last time we spoke, it's, uh, you know, COVID lockdown time and, yeah. you know, making shit up as it goes along, trying to figure out uh, myself one day at a time, you know? It's exhausting, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I'm fortunate. Like it can be. It can be. I mean, I, I still keep, you know, trying to keep the same schedule of, you know, getting up at 7, 7.30 in the morning and, you know, jumping right into dad and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. My but daughter, Poppy, your 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 niece. Yeah. Um, she does... Uh, online schooling you know she's uh sits down and does like 60 to 90 minutes on zoom with all her all her uh classmates images up on the screen and you know whoever's talking gets featured it's it's uh it's pretty mm. funny it's pretty it's, funny it's cool that we can do that but yeah it's uh but the, the psychological toll of just kind of you know the, the unknowns and stuff that's that's what's exhausting i feel it's just in I don't know. It's just, I, I had an exhausting day with it my, it's myself. It was just one of those things that it was wearing on me. Yeah, just, we've talked about it before, you know, yeah. it's just, just the, the, again, the, the unknown is, is frightening. Mm. All sorts of unknowns are frightening, you know, yeah. what happens well, the fact when you that, die? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The fact that this uh, virus is kind of throwing us a bunch of curveballs and we can't really get a solid beat on it. That, that's what's kind of, you know, fucked up. But anyway, I, 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 did, you know. I did see a thing that, uh, uh, a little bit of news I watched. Uh, it was on CNN. They were talking to an, an Oxford uh, doctor or research, uh, you know, lead somewhere, and mm -hmm. they're they're confident. They're pretty confident they that they're going to have a vaccination by by this autumn. I mean, not not widely distributed. Everybody's fine. Kind have of, one in, yeah. You know, but but, that, but they think that they'll have one. They think they'll be confident in. By the, by the autumn and then, uh, you know, mass distribution obviously is going to take, you know, months after that, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, with any luck, you know, we'll all get a jab and we can <laughs> run around. Go into a second uh, phase. Yeah, yeah. Phase two of life. Yeah. Well, I won't, I'm not going to necessarily be an, an early adopter on that vaccine. I'm going to sit back and wait a, a couple months if I can. Yeah. So, well, what, do, you, do you think that a lot of people will feel they have a new lease on life after this is over? I mean, uh, Ooh, you know, you know, you, you, you know, when someone, you know, is a cancer survivor is just, you know, they're all of a sudden they've got this lust for life and, and, you know, every day yeah. is happy and they look at, they look at things differently. I wonder, if, I, I wonder yeah, if that I think ethos people, is going to creep in. 
I think some people are going to be feeling like they dodged a bullet. Yeah. Um, some people should definitely feel that way for sure. There's a lot of fragile individuals out there. Yeah, there are. So you know? yeah, for yeah. sure though. But you know, it's, um, you know, one of the things that can, you know, concerns me is like definitely different lifestyles drag down your immune system. So, and this is the kind of, like I said before, it's the kind of thing I work with. And, you know, I've always been concerned with, you know, touring working personnel and, and even the kind of fantasy of like, Oh man, I'd like to do one more tour. It'd be so amazing. But what I know about like that kind of shift work and the lack of sleep and the high demand on mental and psychological performance to do your job you know you, you adapt to it you you certainly can you know get in the groove but man it, it's 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 just rough mm. and that weakens your immune system so you know it's like i can't imagine yeah. like how many people that have you know such as yourself and other people that tour all the time um you know at least maybe they're hopefully taking advantage of it and getting some regular sleep and recovering a little bit from uh, the, yes, the, sleep is so important. I mean, that, that as the older I get, the more, the more I schedule my days off or, you know, whatever around uh, maximum, maximum sleep. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's always on my mind. You know, I, I try to not only for myself, but you know, I try to schedule things where, where people on my, my crew get maximum sleep, you know, I'm not going to make, you know, a video camera guy come in too early, you know, he mm -hmm. may as well stay at the hotel or whatever on the bus and he comes in when he's needed, you know? So right. I think about that with every department, you know, but man, sleep, oh, good grief. Sleep is so important, you know? Now, if you're on a bender with a bunch of dates and you finally have uh, a day off to sleep, I mean, on average on that, that day where you can really quote unquote catch up how like you ever like getting like 10 hour like sessions of sleep or yeah, occasionally yeah but you know there's 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 you know I, I try to try to create a cadence you know especially myself stage managers riggers the guys who come in early and finish late you know on, 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 a, on, a, on a big show like we do you know whether it be roger waters or you know muse or or tool or whatever um you know it's it's you you start your day sometimes at five o'clock in the morning and and some people start earlier mm. you know they could you know have a three thirty lobby call to be at the venue for four mm, and, the then they work, and then they work all day sometimes get a nap and then you finish load out at uh you know two o'clock in the morning you know yeah and then you get a day off or whatever the next day and then you have to get up early again. So you, 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 it's tough to sleep after, you know, to, after you, you get into a day off or you get into some time where you sleep and you, and you sleep really long and hard. And then you want to go to bed early because you have to get up early yeah. and you can't. It's tough. You can't. So it's interesting that one day you're getting up at 3.30 in the morning and the next day you're going to bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And then you get into that, that flow where you have to determine and figure out how you're going to get your sleep, you know, and, and, and create a discipline for yourself where you, you get your sleep and, you know, cause there's, there's nothing worse than, you know, 
sleeping well into the morning or even into the early afternoon. Mm. And then you've got to go to bed early that night. It's, it's, it's really, it's really bizarre. It's something that everybody in our industry who, who, who has an early call or, or works a long day struggles with. Hmm. Now I know like the truck drivers will always like sleep during the day. They're definitely on shift work driving at night. Um, early into the morning and stuff. But the riggers too, do they typically take naps in the middle of the day? Because I mean, they're the ones that they're in and they're in first and out last. Yeah, so. well, yeah. I mean, most of them do. You know, if I've got a, if I've got a rigging crew of three, which is pretty regular on a, on a large show, sometimes four, um, three, the, 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 the second, third and fourth rigger will always get a nap in the afternoon. My, my head rigger for several years now is a, Dash, Dave Rowe, Dash. Oh yeah, amazing guy. Um, very good, very good. But you know what? He 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 doesn't nap during the day. He he just he's got this. You does know, he sleep at all? Him. He seems like a pretty high energy well, guy. He he does he does. But you know his thing is he gets his office work done during the day because yeah. he's always you know advancing rigging, which is which is an aggressive advance. You know when when you've got multi layer vector works. Um, drawings, you know, of, of venues and you've got a, you know, a 150, 160 point show and you're rigging That's around instructions and scoreboards and, and whatnot. I just um, have to say something. On a that lot point. of work there. There's yeah. I don't, I don't, so he doesn't nap. He doesn't nap. It's incredible. But I just have to say something because I don't know who's going to ever listen to this, you know, this little thing that we got going on this podcast of sorts, but I'll have to say my personal opinion out of all touring personnel, the most impressive for me when it comes to putting a show up together and the, my, the highest level of admiration for me is for the riggers. Yeah. I think, you know, looking at 160 points, they come in early, they know their shit. It's like the science of hanging steel and, you know, the motor control and linking that whole thing up and then pulling that shit to the sky. And I just, you know, whenever I bring someone to a concert, and they're like, one, you know, their favorite artist or whatever, and they're paying attention. Obviously, the things that are eye-catching are the lights or whatever's going on on the stage. But I always try to point out to the steel and say, look at all the shit in the sky. Look mm. at all those chain points. You know, you don't have any – most people don't understand how empty that fucking room is, you know, when mm. you guys load in and what goes up and what comes down. You know, people yeah. – a lot of people can't imagine that, you know, how much work goes into putting in a show. Yeah. You know, rigging well, well, uh, well anyway. imagine having that in front of you for the day where you've, you've got to come in, you've got to mark the floor. And when you mark the floor, right. you need, you need to make sure yeah. that, you know, the stage is in the right place. You're marking the floor to where the stage would be and, uh, and making sure that the you can scale all the seats and proper properly. And, and so the stage goes in place, uh, build it, get it up, get it right, get it in a good order, rig the points in an order in a method where everybody can go to work, you know, mm. whether you can start hanging the video wall followed by, Cable it's bridges, got to order to it, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's got, it's got to have an order and then get everything up, get it right, make the tweaks. And then all on top of it, being hyper aware of safety, yeah. you know, and making sure because you're, you're putting, you're putting, you know, you're putting several tons over people working over an artist, over audience sometimes. Right. Um, so, so, Dash and his team take this very seriously to the point where nothing flies without them checking it. 
So the motor's there, the motor's floating. Um, a truss gets connected to it. <clears throat> truss goes in the air. Doesn't go to trim unless it's it's checked for safety. Um, you know, simple things from is there did somebody leave a wrench on top of a truss or a cell phone or a roll of tape to to was this truss assembled correctly? Is it mm. spun the right way? Um, is the is the shackle the right orientation? Is it truss wrapped correctly? And he takes this all upon himself to make sure. And it bums people out. It pisses people off because, you know, they can't fly it until it's checked. And sometimes things are ready to go in the air and it, they can't because he needs to check it. <clears throat> and I fully support him in this, you know. And uh, everybody who works for us knows that's the way we do it. Nothing goes up until it's safety checked, you know, because, uh, <clears throat> you know, riggers take this thing very seriously because it's, it's you know, it's, it's, their, it's their livelihood. It's their reputation. Right. You know, it's, uh, you gotta stand <clears throat> nobody, for nobody wants to, nobody wants to have that accident on the resume, you know? So it's, uh, we all take it very seriously. And that, that's uh, it's, good, it's important. Yeah. It's very I mean, important. So there's yeah, a lot of weight up there. Riggers, man, superstars. Uh, Agreed. The most important people. Agreed. And if you want to, if you want to back up a little bit more in the process, what the riggers do for me, um, back to scaling venues for on sales, you know, looking, mm. looking at that, you know, and, you know, cause I, I, I can't, you know, do an on sale with a promoter in a venue and place the stage and place everything. What's what, an on what, sale? What, well, on sale to put, put the show on sale, you know, uh. you know, when, you know, we, we scale it all, we place everything. Cause once you, once you scale and place everything, then the promoter can look at how many seats they can put in there. Mm. You know, um, you know, look at sight lines, look at how many chairs they can put on the floor and then they can base, you know, you know, how, how much, you know, revenue there is, you know. Um, so me looking at a venue map, which is like a plan view and you can you can yep. see the seats and, you know, where they're, you know, the hockey dashers, you know, that kind of thing. Um, uh, it's important that we can hang the show over where the stage is placed. Imagine if I placed a stage too far upstage and there's no rigging points there and what goes on sale, <laughs> you know, what, a, what a catastrophe that would be. So what we do is just make sure that we can hang the show and rig the show per the scaling. Um, so everything can go on sale properly. So, I mean, that's how far back a rigger, can be should be involved in a process mm. you know yeah and, and it's respectful to the people who involve them in that process you know because there are a lot of unsung heroes but you know, with the right rigor with the right vision can make a lot of uh, uh well put it this way i guess they it, get them involved in the right point and they can help avoid a lot of headaches and fuck-ups when it comes yeah, to yeah scaling yeah totally putting a show in there so totally agreed yeah wow yeah. Well, so, I mean, as far as like, you know, the unsung heroes there, I mean, but it just in general, like the size of a, of a good size tour, there's just so many people in the back line that people aren't aware of and, you know, and, and how they work and stuff. And, you know, the, the truth is, is I think a lot of people are just like, ah, it's just my job. I'm over it. And, um, but at the same time, I mean, I, it, let me ask you this, um, artists and their appreciation for the crew in general, you mm -hmm. know, is it, is it always there? 
Um, to some extent, yeah. Um, more so with, with you know, certain artists and shows, that, you know. Um, but, you know, it's also down to personalities. Mm. You know, um, let's just take on the, on, the, on the extreme positive end, Roger Waters. Roger Waters takes it upon himself to learn everybody's face and name on the mm. entire crew. Um, if he doesn't know you and you're new, you, when you go to the production office, a Polaroid photo is taken of you and your name is put on the bottom with a uh, Sharpie and, uh, and it's put in a stack and it's always in Roger's dressing room. So if you were to walk in Roger's dressing room, if I go in to talk to him about something like that, there's a, you know, his coffee table or whatever. Um, and there's a stack of Polaroids and he flips through them randomly, you know, and he just loves walking down the hallway and someone passes him and I'll go, Hey Bob, Bob will walk by and turn around and goes, was he talking to me? He goes, yeah, he was talking to you. He knows who you are. You know, he's, he, he, he makes a point to know who you are, know what you do and, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, have appreciation for you. Um, you know, and, uh, and, and there's, and, 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 you know, and then there's artists that, uh, you know, they just know, they know the backline guys, you know, they, they know their monitor engineer, you know, anybody who's directly involved right. with them or on stage or around them, they know them, but you know, they don't know the video crew or the, you know, the, you know, the, the dimmer guy or whatever, you know, they don't. And, and there were some artists that, that, you know, I mean, I work, I worked with Muse on two world tours <clears throat> and they're, uh, you know, I, I, I've come to the, to the realization that there's certain shyness with some people, you know, um, mm. Matt Bellamy, the lead singer, guitar player, who, who, who's pretty much, you know, the driving force behind Muse, you know, if I need to talk to him, I can talk to him. You know, he's always, his door's always open, but you know, his foot is halfway out the door at the beginning of the conversation. And he looks at me with this, how quickly can you get this over with? You know, mm. you know, and they don't eat in catering and they stay in their dressing rooms and they don't really nobody know anybody on the crew. And, and, and you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Right. Um, you know, paychecks are on time every week. <laughs> that, that is, that is your thank you. That is your pat on the back. You get paid, you get a good wage and it's on time. So anybody, anybody who's hanging around waiting for an attaboy, you know, um, you know, you, you know, that's your, 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 your living somewhere. You, you, you don't need to be living, you know, this is, this is not how it is sometimes, you know, but you know, back to Roger, it's just so appreciated, you know, when, when well, someone. That was my experience with him when he, when I first met him in the hallway, I can't remember what venue it is. I'm sure it was rehearsals and he was just walking away from me after he introduced himself and I introduced myself and he's going, Matt, Matt, I heard him say it four or five times as he walked away from me down the hall. Yeah, um, yeah it's important to him. It's important. Yeah, and that, you know, which is great. He knows people are putting, you know, sometimes 20 hour days in for him and he knows it's hard. He knows mm. and, and he understands and he gets it and he really appreciates it because, you know, there are people that they will work hard for you. You know, if you show some appreciation and you, you know, and you, and you, people will go the extra mile for you, you know, mm -hmm. you know, when, when, you know, um, no champion of mediocrity, you know, if, if, if something isn't working properly that maybe a lot of people wouldn't notice, or maybe we can get away without using, you know what? No, 
No, we're, we're going to make this the best it can be. Right. We are going to make sure this is the best product we can present, you know, and, and, and that's, that's, that's super important. You know, that's actually a good point. You know, I, I've never, I've never really acknowledged it or heard it voiced that way, but there's been several times I've been in environments where something would have done, but it was done better or right. Like that would do, it was like, yeah, but you know, let's do it right. Um, yeah. I've witnessed that, you know, several, several times. And that is a mindset across a lot of people of touring personnel is, you know, their ability or their willingness to, you know, excel and do things ex exceedingly well, you know, not just media, but very, you know, really, really well. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who will just take the short route, but in general, you're right about that. Yeah. And, and when Roger, Roger, I don't mean to keep talking about Roger, but you know, he's, he's been he's, my, he's, my main employer for the last 15 years and I've done thousands of shows with him, but uh, maybe not thousands, but you know, lots, several hundred, maybe a thousand, you yeah. know, several hundred. Uh, well, we did, we did, you know, 240 wall shows, you know, and, right. but uh, you know, he, he's constantly working on the show. You know, you design right. the show, you build the show, you rehearse the show, you program the show. But then once the show starts, it's the work is not done. You know, I, he, he shows up in a car every day to the venue and I greet him and he gets out of the car and he's got his yellow pad with his notes. And he's, you know, he wants to work on something. There will be something to be worked on. Mm -hmm. It could be, um, you know, musical. You know, there might be, you know, part of a song that he wants to get right or change or improve or whatever, or maybe it's a video crew cue, pardon me. Maybe it's a lighting cue, whatever, but he, oh, there's always something to be working on, man. You know, and he'll get out of the car with yellow pad and I go, <clears throat> do you want to see anybody? And sometimes he'll go, well, I want to go to the front of the house and talk to Prid, our lighting director. <clears throat> or, or during soundcheck, I need to talk to Matt, the modern engineer. Or sometimes he will say, um, get me those guys and bring them to the dressing room so we can talk about something. And, uh, you know, he has a reference video of every show and uh, he'll play it on his computer and, and, and say, see this right here? I wanted like to do that. Or can you change the hue of that green or whatever? I mean, there's always something to be worked on. Right. And uh, again, I said there was 240 wall shows. The very last show, there was a tweak. There was a tweak. I mean, we knew it was the last show. It wasn't like, uh, you know, there was a tweak on the last show. Mm. And uh, and that's fine. And, you know, sometimes the tweaks are like, yeah, that's interesting. Or sometimes it's like, I'll roll my eyes to myself and go, oh, really? I want to do what? <clears throat> but, but, then, but then we'll do it during the show and we'll go, wow, he was right. That is better. That is cooler. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know. He's well, a very inspiring when that's your man. canvas, I mean, that's his canvas and there's so much depth and breadth and detail to it. There is no end of tweaks, right? Um, yeah, I can, I can see that if you're really into it and you have a vision and he's a passionate performer. Very much so. You know, and so it's like, he's the real deal. I mean, that, that's a real show through and through for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky. I'm so yeah. lucky to have, to have made his acquaintance right. and to, not only be welcomed onto you know his his project in 2006 dark dark side of the moon but you know to be asked back again and again and again you know and uh he's been a mm. very important figure in my life you know um would i like to call him a friend you know sure 
you know, maybe we are friends, but you know, probably not. You know, I work for the guy, you know, I, I, I still say yes, sir. And no, sir. And, and, uh, you know, I'll call him Roger from time to time if I need his attention, but, uh, you know, I try to be still be that respectful, you know, employee of his, you know, mm. I don't want to find myself, you know, and I catch myself sometimes, you know, <clears throat> where I'll be in the dressing room or I'll be in a, in a social, you know, environment and, and I'll say something and I'll think to myself, wow, man, you, you kind of overstepped your bounds there. You know, you need to reel yourself in, you know, that's, that's not right. You know, and it was nothing offensive or nothing anybody's right. going to remember. But, but for me personally, with my own, you know, you know, uh, logic and, and rules and, and whatever I feel I have for myself, you know, I, I sometimes I, I need to hold myself uh, accountable, you know, in some sure. reason. So, it's, a, it's a good ego check. <clears throat> yeah. You know, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, not to turn this into uh, the, the, the Roger Waters podcast, but in general, as far as, you know, the, the appreciation and the work and kind of the personality and, in, in, you know, I mean, I think what we're talking about is like the heart and the soul of, of what it takes to tour and put on a show. Right. Yeah. Um, the stuff that a lot of people don't necessarily see or pay attention to. So it's yeah. like, you know, I, and it is a dance of sorts. Like you said, you know, when the riggers, they have to, you know, map out and how they put down their points and start getting stuff ready. So other teams can come in video, audio, lighting, yeah. um, you know, other types of special effects, you know, back lines, the dead last, you know, getting the, the, the gear up on that. But you, you know, yeah, there's so many things there and that have to be in the right frequency and the right tempo to make it work smoothly. Mm. Um, well, I, you I know, we've it, seen it, those bottlenecks, right? Where one person's got a problem early on and it holds everybody up. It compounds quickly. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of a tour, you, 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 you look at what you have, you know, and, uh, and you do your best to, to figure it out, you know, um, a process, a method, you know, a, a, you know, uh, a, a list of, 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 of things in what order you want to do them in. And I've always found that, you know, there's, there's 10 things you really need to learn and, and, and you figure those 10 things out and then you need to figure out what order those 10 things go in, you know? So you're kind of shuffling the shell game of, of, of ideas and thoughts and processes until you get it and, you know, and you do get it, you get it every time, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a team effort to figure out those 10 things and, and figure out the process of, of putting those 10 things in order. And uh, it's all down to communication and talking a lot and, and sitting down at the end of the day and going, well, you know, how was this? How was that? What do you want to change for next time? You know, and uh, uh, in a collaborative environment, um, things mm. really, really get to where they need to be quicker. And again, my experience with that kind of scenario or that kind of, since you're painting that picture is having a problem on one team. Cause I've been on like lighting crew and, and, you know, in like uh, carp positions and then, you know, some, there's just so many smart people and problem solvers in every venue you go into is, is different. Um, you know, you got to put down the same show, but there's just different things to, that you have to take into consideration that each time it's not, it's not as automatic as, as people might think, you know, 
Um, but yeah. yeah, again, coming coming across like a problem and then having some just smart people just go like, wow, that's a great idea. And and that's really what, that's actually what makes a good tour awesome is when you've got 20 or 30 or however many people and you're all just working well with each other and you feel yeah. like somebody's got your back. You don't feel alone. So important. Task. So yeah, important, you know, and, 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 and I, and, and I've been lucky enough to have met uh, um, a man named Eric Pointkowski. Um, they call him Ski. And uh, Ski has uh, stage managed for me a few times. And uh, he has really got this wonderful way about him of keeping everybody included. You know, there's no my way or the highway kind of attitude from him. You know, he knows how to do shit and he, and he has his ways but, you know, he, he will listen to people, you know, and he'll be the first one to say, you know what, your idea is better than mine. Let's do that. And uh, that's super important, you know. So he and I, as a team, have learned a lot of things about each other and a lot of things, you know, together. And, uh, you know, one of the things is, is, is empowering people, love empowering people, you know. Giving someone, good. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it works 10 times out of 10, you know, giving somebody some responsibility and giving them a little little nudge to, you know, in, you know improve upon themselves and the situation. It's, it's, it's such a great Tribute. thing. You give such them an opportunity to contribute, be part of something, you know, that's, that's theirs. Yeah. But, you know, back to the process. Um, every venue is different, you know. Yeah. If if every venue had the same amount of loading docks and and loaded in the same way and the same <laughs> distance and the points were I mean it'd be one thing but every every venue is different you know again I mean, yeah per, big big tours with lots of trucks yeah. that people understand it's like well you can only bring in three trucks at a time but you've got you know twelve of them and just how messy that can be yeah. you know absolutely. And, and, and and that's why you get out in front of it you yeah know? if I'm in if I'm in, uh, you know, if I'm in Philadelphia at the arena there, simple, nice loading docks, easy push, but I'm going to Boston next. Not easy, you know, difficult load and no docks, difficult truck access. While we're in Philadelphia, we're talking about Boston. You know, how are we going to approach this next one? You know, what's going on? What do you think? And you bring your lead truck driver in too. He's part of it, man. Right. You know, of you know how we unloaded uh, trucks one through five first year in Philadelphia. Well, you know what? We're only going to do one and three, and then we're going to do seven and nine in Boston because that would make it easier. And if you get out in front of this shit and you think about it and you talk about it and you make people believe that this is the way to go, then you know what? You were laughing, man. You're laughing. You know, it's just mm. just getting everybody on the same page, believing in what you're doing is so important. And, and you know what? You're going to make mistakes, you know? Maybe right. we shouldn't have loaded in truck seven because it blocked truck four, you know, whatever. You know, there's, there's like going to be times. But you know what? When, when, when things go right nine times out of 10, you know, that 10th time people will look and go, you know what? Let's, uh, you know what? We'll work with it. It is what it is. Because I believe in, in, in the people I'm working with and the people that are, you know, arranging things so you know next time we'll get it and uh show it's, 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 it's such a, it's such a big help that you know when you do step in shit that you know you'll have someone there to help you scrape it off your shoe you know it's it's a 
it's super important, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it is quite amazing. And, you know, the thing is, is it's just, you reminisce about it and it is, it is something pretty awesome to be part of well, one way yeah, or another. I, I agree. And, and you know, in the future, I think podcasts would be great on, uh, on site. Hell yeah. You know, can you imagine, uh, if you and I were talking and I'm at the front of house and, and, uh, you know, and then I'm watching things in real time and talking to people and having people come in and, and you YouTube know, live or Facebook live, <laughs> just do a kind of yeah. a broadcast, you know, with a little GoPro on your shoulder or something. Exactly. Walk around. Yeah, for sure. You know, and with any luck, maybe we'll have a colossal fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But I, I'll could, just, we could know. either We could either uh, be really embarrassed that, you know, we, we look awful or we can save the day and say, hey, you know what, son? That's how it's done when shit goes <laughs> wrong, you know? Yeah. Uh, either way, you know. But what I think would be great about something like that is having people, because I mean, I'll just be honest with you, the coolest people on the planet I've ever met, most worldly, coolest, hippest, most, I, I've been road crew, hands down, just hands down, you know? You know, so. it's, it's, they are, they can be very intelligent. I mean, they're, you know, I've, I've worked with guys with master's degrees right. <laughs> that are, that are fucking carrying a hammer and, mm -hmm. and not, and not doing what they, you know, spent all that money in college for you know and there's there's guys that went straight on the road you know when they were kids and they're equally as intelligent and they're very well read yeah. and they're you know and they're and they they understand and, and they've they've learned the things they needed to learn you know so well you gotta be because there's no there's no time or patience or space for egos attitudes or just you know bullshit you know i mean you, you got to be capable to do the job you know you got to be able to communicate you got to have the right personality you got to be able to get along with everybody it's an even keel kind of situation people who are very very strong opinion unless you're like you, you've reached a pinnacle of your job where you're you're just so fucking good that you're the best you're that your personality doesn't matter but otherwise it's like you've got to adapt to it and be very well-rounded and very balanced um or you're just I, nobody's gonna work with you you know yeah so yeah but you're right you know i mean the they're there i i i tour with guys that uh can walk into a museum and and and, and talk about the renaissance and you know i've been there go into a restaurant and, and 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 understand you know fine wine and and uh and and no yeah. no food and you know and you know a lot of that is learned on the road i mean for me you know, I, 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 I know my way around a wine list and, a, and, I, and I know food really well, but you know, I, I didn't always do that. I, I, can, I can remember my first time having sushi on the road. I can remember my first time going to a Thai restaurant. I can remember these things when I was a kid. And, and I, I've worked with a lot of older Englishmen who knew wine, you know? You know, the, the Brits, you know, they love their claret, you know, the, the Bordeaux's. And, and I learned a lot about French wine you know, from, mm. from, from older Brits. And, uh, I, you know, the fascination of wine got me early and, uh, and, uh, and, I, and I picked it up and carried it and, and I've learned as much as I can. Mm. <laughs> I can remember the first time, uh, John Lemon, sound engineer, John Lemon, uh, one of the older Australians, not Brits. Uh, I can remember the first time we were in New York city and, uh, we ordered a bottle of wine that cost a hundred dollars. 
And this was like in 1996 or something. And I'm like, oh, we're ordering a bottle of wine that costs $100. You've got to be fucking kidding me. I was nervous. I was crapping myself. I'm like, I, 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 we can't do this, you know? And uh, I really wish I had learned something from that because I didn't. <laughs> you know, I, I, I for years, had, had, I spent several hundred dollars on food and wine on days off, you know? And yeah. I don't do as much as I, you know, did, but I, man, for years, the amount of money I've spent on food and wine on the road. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember last, you know, time. I wouldn't take it any of it back. I wouldn't take a thing back. Oh gosh, no. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful, experience. wonderful experiences. Uh, how was that Asian place we went to in Toronto last summer? That was spectacular. Remind um, me. <laughs> I have their business card around here somewhere. We went to some, I don't know if it was a, a kind of like a fusion Chinese place. Okay. It was night we, two. Uh, you and I, it was just you and I. No, we went out, we went with, um, um, Jimmy Chamberlain. Yes. Uh, it was Jim, Yeah. Jimmy and, um, his, uh, his and Vic. and Vic. Yes. Jimmy and the night two. Because yeah. you came, you uh, it was Smashing Pumpkins in Toronto. You yeah. came up, you spent three days, I think we, actually two or three days, we went, nice. we went yeah. record shopping on day one, on the day off, which was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. And then we went out yeah. to dinner with uh, Pumpkins drummer Jimmy that night and Vic, the drum tech. And then night two, because um, we had two days off, you and I just went out. And I think you and I had a fabulous meal that second night as well. We did. Yeah, it was a good time. Toronto's a great food city, man. It oh, is. And that's when I kind of saw that you were going to be there. I'm like, oh, I'm go see you in Toronto. And you got a day off there. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah two days off. It was a great show, too. <clears throat> God, I love record shopping on days off. That is, just, <laughs> that is like the, it's like addicting, this I'll tell you, man. addiction that I have, you know. Oh, it's just crazy how it can spin out of control really fast. Once you start buying vinyl, it just starts flowing. I've been buying. Oh vinyl man, I'm, I'm bad. I'm bad. You know what I like doing is just oh, buying eclectic shit, just stuff that I have no idea what this is, and I buy it and I just yeah. have to bring it home. And sometimes it's garbage, and sometimes it's really, really good. No, you don't want to. You don't want to spend fifty bucks on garbage, but you know. No, yeah. no, but you know, I've, I've, it, yeah, but unless it's the band garbage, <laughs> I've got. I've got beautiful copies of their first two records, mm. original copies. Beautiful, beautiful. But, right. you know, I'm to the point where, you know, I'll look at the schedule and I'll go online and I'll Google 10 best record shops in that city and I'll write them all down and I'll map it on Google Maps and figure mm -hmm. out what order you go to them in. And, you know, it's... A, it was a hunting perspective to it as well. Got a bag that I carry that for vinyl so I can... Shoulder yeah, you travel with your own like hard shell case to transport vinyl. You ever filled that thing up before and had? Yeah, to oh yeah, several occasions. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you carry it on the plane and uh, you put God. it through the you put it you know the, through the TSA magnifier and everyone said, "What are you doing with all these plates?" <laughs> on plates, there. some vinyl records, man. Vinyl records. You DJ? Um, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I am today. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. But, you yeah. know, we should we should we should do a podcast on on, on vinyl collecting and vinyl and and uh, just well, on that. Yeah, uh, I think that's where we record. need to get uh, Jesse on or something. You know, so another avid collector of sorts. You know, I'm I'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm an amateur when it comes to it. You know, it's uh, yeah. 
But yeah, Jesse yeah. Thayer, he's a carpenter, stage manager, mainly stage manager. He stage mm. managed uh, um, uh, the Black Keys with me. He stage oh, he did. Okay. Smashing Pumpkins, uh, yeah. Massive Attack. Uh, he and I have been a team for a while, and and uh, he and I go record shopping then every day off. You know, it's super addicting. It is super addicting, and you it get is. so excited, and you're walking up to a store. What's what's getting to be in there? Are we going to find something? And yeah. uh, you know, you know, most of the time it's nothing, and we'll just go eh and walk out. But uh, there but are the days you, you just uh, you know find PJ Harvey for a really good price. Ooh. Yeah, I did. I've got every PJ Harvey record, original vinyl, except one. I'm still looking for it. See, that's what that's what it's about. It's the hunt. Yep. It's the yep. hunt. So. But we'll we'll talk about records. Yeah, no, we'll definitely dive yeah. into vinyl. That will be the special edition three hour podcast that we do. On <laughs> well, maybe we make it. Uh, we get a couple people on at the same time. Yeah. A great conversation you know, about my it. my record vinyl partner Jesse Thayer would be great and. Uh, all right. And uh, there's others. There's other guys out there as well, you know. Yeah. Faux show. Faux right. show. Did you say faux show? I did say faux show. Yeah. Faux show. So uh, okay. oh, let's rack it up. Let's make it let's make it happen. I think there's a lot of great things to talk about, you know. Uh, yeah, one of these days I want to I want to talk about like best restaurants that you've been to. That'd be a great. Oh, one. yeah. You know, my memory fails me a lot in that respect. John Lemon, um world-class sound engineer John Lemon. Um, when we get him on, he he's got a he's got a wonderful memory for where to eat and what it's called and how many times we've been there and what we drank and what the sommelier's name is and blah you know for yeah. days. Where I I have I have you know I remember some things. There's just so many, just so many. <laughs> you know? That's good. That's good. Well, hopefully, hopefully when this whole uh, coronavirus thing is done, you know, we get back out there and start venturing around. I'm, I'm looking wow. to travel. I mean, I'll be able to see you in person. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be wonderful. It's only every couple of years anyway. So. I haven't seen you from the shoulders down in a while. <laughs> yeah, I can stand up in a while. So. Likewise, likewise. Oh, great. Well, thanks for, uh, you know, yeah, thanks, man. For the, thanks for the chat. It's Absolutely. Good, it's, this is, this is, amazing for me being able yeah, to yeah. You, so right. well Cheers, peace brother. out to you yeah man peace out to you as well my best to you and have a wonderful uh, couple of days until we chat again i'll be in touch and uh okay know. man cheers right. peace see you.